wait who's starting we didn't decide that part <laughs> um you, you 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 can introduce the people you got stuck on repeat there for a second <laughs> sometimes that happens hey guys this is robin and this is kelsey and we're back with you with the mud stud and skull caps podcast yay <laughs> that was my celebration for being here again you sound enthusiastic, my dude. I'm trying not to fall asleep. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm bringing the energy. I'm bringing it. I just went for a hike yesterday and a hike today, so I'm tired. Yeah, I took a nap, so I'm tired too. <laughs> not trying to brag or anything, but sounds like my day was more rough. Sounds like it. So tell us what this episode is about. So for today's episode, I think we're going to discuss leg protection, how we use leg protection, like what our practices are. Um, talking a little bit about current trends when it comes to using leg protection, and some pet peeves and misunderstandings that may affect you and your horse. everything are about boots and leg protection hey robin how are you doing this week <laughs> did you just introduce yourself <laughs> did you just transition yourself <laughs> i guess you could do your own trends yeah no that's smooth that's smooth i wasn't sure if you were gonna do it so i had to you know make sure 100 percent guaranteed i was gonna get introduced if i did it myself hey robin what have you been doing this week <laughs> tell us what you've been so, up to let me tell you <laughs> i recently made very poor decisions in which I decided to do no strips work outside of November and my legs are very weak. I am very sore now and I just cannot for the life of me figure out why do we not do no strips work outside of November? Why do we always save it for one month of the year? I'm wondering if we do it in November because we're cold then and it like keeps us warmer as we like <laughs> struggle to stay on. That's my guess is it's a way of like just keeping the kids warm. I mean, that's true. I was doing it in very hot weather. I was sweating my mm -hmm. bum off. But at the same exactly. time, man, I'm just weak. I was doing my no-strips work, and I was just weak, and it was really bothering me because I miss, you know, when you're younger and you're riding every single day regularly, posting. I remember I used to be able to post no-strips for like five minutes straight, and this week I maybe got a minute before I was pooped. Yeah, it is definitely something that I think is key to include in your weekly rides. It doesn't have to be the whole ride. It can just be for a portion of it, but... I have definitely started dropping my stirrups for canter work uh, because I know that I can get really tense with my horse in the canter and if I can drop my stirrups, my seat gets a lot softer and that's exactly what we need to like establish that good rhythm. I mean, that's why like in Germany, they start all the kids bareback and vaulting. Like you have to ride bareback for until you get approved to ride in a saddle and it really helps to develop that soft seat and those strong legs. Well, I'm not in Germany, but... That would have been very useful. Actually, no, we did kind of start off like that. We used to bum around a lot bareback on our ponies, and we used to fall off a lot. Yeah, we, I mean, we didn't... Maybe it was just me. I don't. Did you fall off a lot? Yes, you had Rita. Oh, yes, I fell off of Rita a lot. I was going to say no, but yeah, <laughs> no, I fell off of Rita a lot, unfortunately. But also, like, we didn't... It took us a while until we actually had ponies where we could ride every weekend bareback, like, all day, all summer long. We didn't get those ponies until we'd already been riding for a couple of years. So starting off in with an already... Uh, independent seat we didn't have that skill that's still something that I was looking back through like a lot of my old rating sheets and reading all of them and oh I'm very embarrassed by myself <laughs> oh I'm always embarrassed by myself yes yourself is embarrassing oh my gosh just thinking about the younger me I think about that right now is like I was embarrassed by younger me I can't imagine what I'm gonna think about myself in a few years from now 
and look back like at this moment. You'll probably still be pretty embarrassed. Hey, hey, hey. So how about them boots? So I'm curious, do you use boots regularly? If so, what kind? When? Like, what is your boot protocol? Um, yeah, I use boots pretty regularly unless they're dirty and I just haven't cleaned them yet. But I try to always have boots on all fours when I ride Trin. And I always have bell boots on her because I don't know how she does it. If she doesn't have bell boots on, she gets like major injuries. And so she just wears bell boots 24-7. But when we go to ride, I typically will use just like simple neoprene boots. I don't really use the fuzzies because the climate that I live in, it's very humid. It's very hot. I just worry about her legs overheating if she has, you know, fluffy boots on. And also like the sweat gets caked in them and that's just gross. But you just use like, uh, what are they, like wolf boots or what? the easy ones? Or? I just use the really basic wolf boots that they have, you know, two Velcro straps on them. I don't use polar wraps or anything. Not because I dislike polar wraps, but because I hate polar wraps with a passion when you wash them and then you have to untangle them from their freaking octopus mound they make in the dryer. Yes, I someone needs to invent a better way to wash wraps. And I know there's like little bags you can buy, but... Yeah, I don't know, man. How is the bag supposed to help it? Is it that you have an individual bag for well, every I think single- if they're in the bag, they don't like get all octopusy. They like stay <laughs> neat. Get all octopusy. <laughs> all octopusy. It's a technical term. I you you might not be familiar with it. But okay, so you just use like wolf boots regularly. Do you have any like of the back on track boots? Do you use any of those type of products? No, and I don't have any open fronts either. Not particularly because I don't use them i just don't i haven't bought them because i i always buy the simple neoprene wolf boots because i can use them for dressage work cross country and stadium they're just very versatile whereas i feel you can't quite use open fronts unless you're jumping that day really i mean you can but that's not really the purpose of them okay but yeah you still use them every time you ride yeah and then there's some boots i know the professional's choice where they come typical for you know gaming and stuff that they come down and around the fetlock I don't really use those okay so those are my boots of preference actually so I have several pairs of uh, the professional choice ones that come around the fetlock and the reason is because it's for Adeline who needs a little extra support Um, and I am most days too lazy too lazy to do her exercise wraps though my vet did tell me that a well-wrapped wrap is better than any boot like right it provides a lot more support than the boots do because the boots provide i mean yeah. the boots do provide some support but very little it's like a point of a degree of support that they offer or that they like stop the motion of the fetlock from dropping like 0.8 of a degree at the walk and like 0.5 of a degree at the trot so like they work a little bit <laughs> the, so the exercise wraps that you use are those just standard polos or are those the kind of elasticy wraps so i use uh, a mix i use mostly the escadron ones are the best ones with the padding separate so you definitely have to use padding with them it one of my pet peeves is people who don't use padding with their exercise wraps you need the padding yeah uh, you need to make sure you're cupping and you're going all the way down around the fetlock that you're providing that support but i prefer the escadron ones with the separate padding escadron has um and there's a couple brands that have it where the padding's like attached to the end of the wrap and i have a set of those and they're convenient because you can put them on faster and take them off faster but they're also the padding's really difficult to manage. I don't like the idea of my padding being in lines because that doesn't feel like very even pressure if you're like wrapping the padding on that way. Where a polo wrap, you're not really put the pressure's even, even though it's like separate sections. The padding is a different weight, a different material, and that uh, makes the seam where the edge is a lot bigger. And I really don't love that idea. I feel like it's maybe 
a design issue. Like I would love a wrap that was a mix between a polo and a, like one of the ex- escadron uh, exercise wraps that I could use without padding, but that still provided the same material. That's like my my dream is that someone invents that. Wait, so are you talking about using padding underneath even polo wraps? Because I don't think I've ever done that. No, no, no. Like having – no, no. You don't use padding. Okay, actually, actually, did you know that's – you're supposed <laughs> – did you know that you're supposed to, when you wrap your polo wrap, you're actually supposed to pull like 8 to 10 inches off the end of the polo wrap. So you put the polo – I don't know how to explain this. You have to see the pictures of how to wrap. But this is from like the bandaging manual for Pony Club – it shows that the wrap hangs down the back of the horse's leg and then you wrap over it. So you, I don't know how to explain this, but you're supposed to let eight to 10 inches hang down the back of the cannon bone and then wrap. So you are providing padding to the tendon. I have not gotten to try this yet. I really, really want to try this and just see what I think of it. Obviously, it's not pull wraps have no elastic. I don't know if that sounds logistically sound. Like... <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work, man. I have no idea how it's going to work, but that is how you're supposed to do it. And like, I have, I've never seen anyone. I've never seen any, like there's plenty of YouTube instructional videos on how to wrap polar wraps. I've actually watched a lot of them. A lot of them are not wrapping their polar wraps very correctly. <laughs> Even no, like that. Oh, that's so the amount of poorly wrapped polar wraps I have seen at shows is just disheartening. It, yeah, this is definitely something where I feel like wraps should be something you have to buy from behind the tack like store counter. Like you have to show your license that I am approved to apply a wrap. Like here's my license. Here's my certification. Otherwise, if you're not like buy back on track, there's plenty of boots that do exist that provide similar benefits to stable wraps that are just like Velcro it on. Get it done, Velcro it. You can just damage a horse's leg so severely by doing poor wraps. You know, if you pull in the wrong place, you could cord their tendons, mm-hmm. which is where you cause uneven tension against their tendon. And so you create these bumps and like it gets inflamed pretty severely. And then it's very uncomfortable and painful for the horses. And frequently they go lame for a little bit. If you do poor wraps, you can severely injure the horse, honestly. Speaking of cording, I don't think people realize how easy it is to cord your horse's tendons, even if you know what you're doing. No, it's so, I've done it on accident. I've done it too. It will be, depending on how long the wrap is on, it's often temporary, but it's very obvious what just occurred. So uh, having that thicker padding is crucial, making sure that you're, right, you've got padding that's quality material, it's thick, it fits, and that you're applying tension in the correct spot when you wrap. It's key. Well, when I did, it was just one of those things where I kind of got a little casual with my wraps and it was, it was on the way home. I put stable wraps on for the trailer ride home and knew I could wrap. So I just did my wraps quickly. I didn't double check. And when I pulled my pony out of the trailer and took the wraps off, I realized I had corded his tendons and I felt so bad. Yeah. And it's, so it's definitely something that like we are in pony or not in pony club anymore. We were in pony club. So we definitely (laughs) learned how to wrap the proper way. We, you know, went through our upper levels. We, we know how to wrap. It's something that like those mistakes can happen so easily that it's really, you need to know what you're doing to put on a wrap. Uh, And I think the same goes for exercise wraps. They are very similar to stable wraps. You just don't leave them on as long. And so that's why it sometimes really bugs Mm -hmm. me when I see people wrapping them with 
without padding because the padding is there for a reason. That's true. So do you only use exercise boots and like exercise wraps with Addy or do you have anything special that you like to use? I use only, yeah, only support boots, only support wraps. Um, I've been really lazy recently with the wraps because you can't, I have only an outdoor arena so you can't use wraps in the winter because it's so muddy and gross. You have to use boots and I have several sets of boots because I do have to wash them so frequently. So it's actually really confusing because I'm pretty sure that the package says do not wash in a washing machine. But then I'm also pretty sure Professional Choice sells washing machine bags to wash their boots in. So I'm not sure what the rules are. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Once you wash them in the washing machine, it like voids the warranty or something. And it's like a lifetime warranty. Yeah. But this is actually a really interesting point that someone mentioned to me is when those sport support medicine boots the like professional choice the ones that the velcro goes around the bottom those actually all have a lifespan on them did you know that um i don't think i knew that but that makes sense i mean yeah you think about anything with like elastic in it that and materials i mean think about our helmets helmet the materials in that degrade over time so your helmet has a lifespan on it so i'd imagine a product that you're using on their legs Mm -hmm. it has a lifespan with the like elasticity and the material just degrades and breaks down over time yeah and through personal experience that's about a year and a half to two years before the boot totally changes and i didn't really i heard this and then i got a brand new set because my first set was starting to break down a little bit but it's still in relatively good condition and it is like so much harder and so much stiffer than the brand new ones the brand new ones are super soft still super pliable and I could see how they would work way better when you have that softer can like fit around the leg and you can pull the velcro a lot tighter and I can actually close the boot around the leg because with my old pair my red pair they can get like rocks in them sometimes which drives me insane I don't know how to keep rocks out of my boots like I can't put them on any tighter that's just like her leg is shaped that way I'm sorry it happens but yeah I only use and I use them every time I'm riding or lunging unless I'm just going to walk a bareback. Then I won't put them on. But pretty much every other time if she's going to trot, she needs them. Yeah, I always put boots on just to be safe. I wonder though, is so is the lifespan only on those kind of exercise style boots? Or is it on all boots? That's a good question. I don't know. I can definitely see where it matters on those type of exercise boots because you're trying to provide some type of support. And if the material breaks down, it's not providing that. Where most other boots are not providing support, they're providing concussion, right? They're supposed to be breaking, I don't know how to say this, the impact forces, right? They're, what's the like word? I don't know, you knock into something and then it like disperses the dispersion of the impact forces. I don't know. I don't know. Osmosis? It's not osmosis. That is... Well, I gave you a scientific word. It was a scientific word. It was not the scientific word I was looking for, but it's a scientific word. So I'm thinking now of, I also have a pair of these Dalmar boots. I don't use them because I don't really like them. They're very rigid and stiff. I'm sorry. Are these people boots or horse boots? They're horse boots. They're Dalmar. So they're black. They're typically cross country boots. They're black and they have like these little oval patches of blue on the like Velcro spots and for ventilation. Okay. But what they have in them, I believe, they have like these plastic shields or panels in them. And I've read a lot of reviews of people, not a lot, but there's been a few where people have been using them and the shields in them have shattered when the horse would knock their legs into a jump. I don't know how hard the horse hit their legs, but that feels like a pretty big design flaw to me. 
I wonder if that material breaks down over time too. It would have to. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's no way. Because yeah, it would become brittle over time and be more prone to shattering. So it'd be curious to know the people who had that experience, how old those boots were, because that probably yeah. absolutely is a factor is the age. If they're brand new boots, then that's a design flaw. But if they're a couple years old, then you know that's probably the material just breaking down. So one of the things I thought we should talk about a little bit is heat because this is something I hear all the time from people on all spectrums of the horse world is that, oh, I don't put boots on my horse because it heats up the tendons and heating up the tendons is bad. Or I don't put boots on my horse because they could like, it's something for them to trip on. But I hear it all the time with heat. I don't put my, put boots on my horse. Sorry, I'm trying to talk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're doing great keep it up the good work honey i'm trying i'm trying with the words i'm trying with the words and the stuff but it's hard <laughs> boots plus heat plus tendons equals question mark so that doesn't make sense to me because i'm thinking in relation to how we wear shoes and obviously shoes create some heat on our feet but yet we still wear shoes do you know where i'm going with this Yes, I know where you're going with this. And I did look up some research studies to try to figure out where science is going with Perfect. this. Perfect. I did So I could kind of, I can pull some scientific stuff into this. All right, give us the science. We're ready. Teach us knowledge. So there is a article from thehorse.com and it's the science behind equine boots and bandages and they get into this discussion about heat. And so right now where the science is, is that Yes, boots heat up the horse's legs. Nobody's denying that. That happens. Nobody knows is what happens next. What does that mean? So the research is very much at this point in the last couple of years has only really been focused on answering the question of how hot do their legs get and hasn't really been able to move to the next step of what does that mean. In the lab tests where in a Petri dish, so tendon cells in a Petri dish, when they were heated up to um, 118 degrees, which is warm, but not too warm, because we know that heat is damaging to tendons. That's not anything we're going to disagree with. However, an in in a Petri dish in a lab, heating and adding heat to a cell, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means for actual. How applicable is that to how a, a boot is affecting tendons? Because you have a lot more in between the boot and just raw tendon cells. Yeah, I and right, like it's moving and obviously it's in liquid. Like, right, there's synovial fluid. There's different fluids that tendons moving through. And those that synovial fluid is there for a reason. It's to, right, to keep the tendon moving. And I imagine it plays some role in keeping the tendon from overheating. So the article that I was reading, the little blurb of research study I was reading, changes in temperature of the equine skin surface under boots after exercise. So this is a study that was done in Slovakia by some veterinarian students. And they basically took a temperature on the horse's leg in three different places after they had used a series of different wraps. They used um, open front tendon boots. They used neoprene boots like the ones you use. And they used polo bandages. They used, I don't know, what are air tendon boots? I cannot figure out what that means. Oh, those are boots made out of air. Right. Well, they heat up the horse's leg. So (laughs) I I don't know what air tendon boots are. I'm sorry. And so some of these are open front. Some of these are not. But like neoprene boots in their study 
was what kept the horse's legs the coolest. So a horse that under work with no leg boots, the leg temperature raised about three degrees when they're wearing the traditional neoprene boots, like what you use, and I think my boots would fall in that category as well, the temperature raised 11 degrees. Polo wraps were caused the highest temperature raise, and that was 16 degrees. Oh, my. So... I don't know. So there was also an error, not an error, an issue with this study where the horses that were wearing the tendon boots didn't get to finish the trial doing the gallop. They didn't get to gallop because of bad footing conditions. So that would have, in my mind, affected. That's the hardest working like phase of the experiment. You didn't get to do the gallop with all of the horses in the neoprene boots. That that has some impact. But they said maybe it does, maybe it doesn't in the study. But they still felt that neoprene was the coolest. I just looked up the air tenon boots, and it looks like it's ventilated open fronts. Oh, I tried looking it up, and I could not find it. But okay, air ten, those are ventilated open fronts. Okay. So that was one thing that they pointed out in their study was that the open fronts did not provide any additional cooling above the just traditional um, boots. So they had two different traditional boots that were fully enclosed around the front and that is what let the horse's legs be cooler than the open fronts huh i would have thought the open fronts would be cooler i would have too but then when you think of open fronts a lot of times they have a shell whether it's a leather shell or that hard plastic shell and that probably doesn't breathe so those scored third in the test the air tendon boots the one with the ventilation and then leather scored fourth um, as well as just leather, uh, like, I don't know, just general tendon boots. I don't know the difference between tendon and leather tendon boots. I'm sorry, I don't. I did try reading this. They don't have pictures, so I, I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're bringing more to the table than I brought. But I thought it was interesting that polo bandages do increase it the most. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, it is something to think about. However, I think like 70, 60 to 70% of injuries to the legs are caused by impact. So even though you're heating up your horse's legs, the bigger cause of injury is impact. So if you're using boots to protect your horse from impact, then you might want to continue and just be conscious of maybe the materials you're using. If you have a choice between fuzzy boots and neoprene boots on a 90 degree to summer day, probably go with the neoprene, not the fuzzy. You know, thinking about what you're using, don't leave them on for extra amounts of time. Like once you're done, I mean, usually boots are like the first thing that's pulled off. You want to get their legs cooling down. What other boots are there out there in the world? You got the heat from the boots. You got our regular boots that we use. What else do we got? So I found an interesting study because I like to search around Google scholars from time to time so I can sound smart. And I found a study, it was from 2008, but it appears that there is a trend in show jumpers. And I thought this said the country, but I'm not seeing it now, so I won't point to any country, but I'm pretty sure it was located in Europe, that is now using um, weighted show jumping boots to get the horses to lift their legs higher. So instead of wrapping the legs, like or wrapping with a pole, they're now moving to getting them to do hyperflexion with their boots by using weighted boots. Now, I just thought that was an interesting, and the reason I thought this was actually interesting, they didn't do a ton of studying. It's more of like a discussion paper about it. But there's not a lot of research when it comes to boots. So that's like one of the things I've definitely looked into the research of saddle fit um, in the last couple months. And saddle fit has recently in the last, you know, I guess 20 years. Wow, that's not as recent as I thought it was. 2000 is so much farther away than it used to be. 
Okay, so in the last 20 years, to me that's recent, that is when we've really seen a growth in the understanding of how saddles fit on horses. We have seen a growth in, you know, different shapes of girths, different places of billets. We've seen a huge change, but there's really nothing around boots. And I think boots, while a bad fitting boot isn't going to prevent the horse from moving the same way a bad fitting saddle is going to affect the horse, if we're this concerned about heat in the horse's legs and tendons deteriorating, then why isn't there more research into do boots even work? Do they even protect the horse from, you know, strikes is that even something boots do or or does the degree to which that additional piece of material between the leg and the hoof striking is that is that enough so i think it's something that maybe we'll start to see a trend as people want to know more we're really moving with our products into performance-based gear we're starting at the top with the saddles and the bridles and the saddle pads and the girths and the stirrups Will we continue all the way down to our horse's feet? Will we look at boots? Will we look at shoes? Will we look at other parts of our tack? Or will we just stop at saddles and girths? No, I think we will expand on boots and having more options. But I think it's just new companies coming out with... When people see something that they want changed, it's then they're going to come up with these new designs and do this research. And so it's just going to take time before that comes about. But I would say, because thinking about boots, you don't have a lot of options. Think about bell boots. You don't have a ton of options for bell boots. I know I've struggled with finding bell boots that I actually like and want to use because there's just not many options out there. You have like maybe five different variations and that's it. Never going to work for every single horse out there. Speaking of the bell boots, I cannot find a pair of bell boots to fit my horse. So I've already run into the problem where there isn't a design that fits her. Like she's petite and so she's got a petite little ankle and then her heel is not that far off the ground, unfortunately. Like her her pasterns are long and they're sloping a little bit too much. And so like there's just no such thing as a bell boot that is short enough for her without being like pony sized and then just exposing her heel, which is not obviously the purpose of a bell boot. There, yeah, there's a lot of design issues. I have the issue where I want my bell boots to provide protection, but in order to get any sort of padding on the back where my horse overreaches, you get these really clunky bell mm-hmm. boots that I feel hinder her movement. For me, putting them on her isn't comfortable. I can't imagine for my horse to wear them, it's comfortable. Yes. And so to get the more flexible bell boots that are comfortable, they don't provide anywhere near as much protection. They're just like giant rubber bands on her feet. And I sit there thinking, well, that's not very helpful, but that's all I got. For, I think I did it for both Cirrus and Dublin, I would always warm up for cross country, do cross country warm up without my bell boots on because they would often, like the bell boots were just a little too bulky. They weren't, they just didn't work and they could never clear a show jumping fence in their bell boots. And, but they did fine on cross country, but I'd always have to put my bell boots on like just before we went to the start box because they, my horse is just, I don't know. They just didn't, couldn't do show jumping in bell boots. Well, and you also have some bell boots out there that you run through cross country with them and you get them wet and they just come flying off your horse's feet and that's not doing anyone any good. Yeah, so it's like that, exactly. And that was, I was trying to find a bell boot that was thick enough that my horse would actually be protected and not lose it or rip it. You know, for, especially for, I think it was a really problem with Cirrus because he was a pony, like going over, we were competing novice. And so it was too, I couldn't warm up with, with bell boots because they were just too bulky for him. But he was fine going cross country with them. Yeah. What about, so we talked about it a little bit, 
medicine boots, those cure-all medicine boots that you see all over the market right now. Back on Track is obviously famous for them. Um, there's other brands that are trying to market market similar fabrics, similar ideas. Really, these boots are about reflecting heat back to the horse and helping protect their legs um, and heal injuries. Uh, and I guess Back on Track is, and a lot of the products are much more than just the legs. It's, you know, blankets and pads and all kinds of things any of your back on track products have you noticed do you think they work i'm just curious your personal experience i don't know and here's something we were just talking about boots creating heat against the legs am i supposed to use my back on track saddle pad when it's hot out yeah so they say you can they say i can but can i because <laughs> i have certain saddle pads that i know are way too hot on her in the summer or they're just not very breathable fabric. They're very heavy cotton or they're kind of older. And you have a certain saddle pads that are a lot more breathable. And so I sit there I'm like, can I use my back on track saddle pad in the summer? I don't, is that a thing? I don't know. They say you can, but I pack all my stuff up for it that, for the summer. Yeah. Like I ride her in the winter. We ride in our quarter sheet, back on track quarter sheet every day. We use our pad almost every day. I don't know. I don't know if I've experienced all the benefits I would have liked to or imagined I could have experienced by purchasing uh, the products, but I have, I'm guilty. I have the whole, I've got all the products. <laughs> I uh, have shirts. Uh, my horse has a blanket, pads, quarter sheet, boots. Like we have everything. I have noticed the only time I've noticed a huge difference. So I think it does work is a knee boot Yeah, that I, I was using knee boots for my thoroughbred who has arthritis and the swelling in his knees because he's got um, lumps in his knees. There's a huge difference between when I'm using them regularly and when I'm not using them. And I can physically see that difference. They're working, they're doing something. And so I still use the products even if I don't like see a difference. Like I don't fully understand the products. I understand there's like ceramic fibers and stuff in them that's doing something with heat. But it's just, I don't know. I think they do help to some degree, but I don't think they're the miracle fix all that some people preach them to be yeah and I think it's definitely one of those like if you find a product they're quality products like that's the other thing like I know I'm getting good materials yes. good products you know I my horse would wear the boots all the time um I know I've got a quality stable wrap basically on her I know that her blanket she's got a nice little cooler when she's in her yeah. stall so I know that I've got a good product my first time buying a t-shirt and wearing a t-shirt from them, I got really sick. So it did something. Really? <laughs> yeah, I got super nauseous and had to like <laughs> take the shirt off. But I made the mistake. It says on the package to only wear it for an hour, right? Like you have to introduce it. And I put the shirt on and I ended up mm -hmm. wearing it like way past the amount of time I was supposed to. I ended up for my first time ever wearing it for like five hours or something. Well, there's your issue. I know. But so if the shirt made me feel that way, then most of my shirts don't make me nauseous. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's very interesting. I wonder if horses have experienced, obviously we can't ask them, but I wonder if they've experienced that with some of the blankets being left on for too long. Well, and it says like you're supposed to work up to being able to leave it on all day. But then like if I don't use it for a few months, can I just throw it on for a few hours or do I have to start all over? And it only was one t-shirt that made me sick. I never had that problem again. And I don't wear my t-shirts every day, right? I wear them every like, you know, couple weeks. And I love them in the winter. They are the best under like, they keep you so warm in the winter. And I don't know if it's just because they're thicker or if that's them actually working. Is there anything else boot related we need to talk about? 
I think I'm good. I've exhausted my points that I wanted to bring up. I've mentioned my issues, my complaints that I have. So I just have a couple things for my pet peeves and misunderstandings that we didn't touch on and I think is important to touch on. The first one is liniment under wraps. Oh. Yeah. So. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. And I have several liniments and I experimented with them yesterday. And one of them even said like safe to use under wraps. You know, don't like if you didn't use too much, like if you drench the horse's leg in it, do not use it under wraps. And so out of curiosity, I took my liniments and I put them on my arms while I was like, because I was doing massage for my horse, and I was just curious, like, what does it feel like and how long does the feel last? One of them, unfortunately, like, basically died almost immediately, and that was my, like, nice organic homemade one. The one I bought from the store stung for, like, 20 minutes before I finally had to wash it off, and when I washed it off, even though my arm was dry, the liniment, like, reappeared, and my arm was gooey again. Uh, that's not good. Well, so I remember using liniment and I remember using it on our pony a lot and he ended up breaking out. I couldn't figure out why at first, but he ended up breaking out with like this scaly skin that made his hair on his legs fall off where we had used it. And it took us probably two to three times of using it before I realized that it was the liniment that was causing this effect to him. So definitely read your bottle because some liniments will say not safe for under wraps. And I believe whatever the orange one is, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the orange bottle with the horsies at Abersine, Abersine. Sorry, you know what I'm talking I know about. What one, I know what one you're talking about. I know the smell of it too. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that one says not to use under wraps. The one I have is a different oh. brand um, and it says that it's okay to use under wraps. But liniment works through evaporation. That's what's making that stinging, that like cooling feeling is the product evaporating. Yeah. And if you're trapping it underneath wraps, it can't work properly doesn't mean it won't work but to get the full effect of liniment it needs to be open to the air um and and dry that that's how it truly works the best what's your next pet peeve um vet wrap straight onto the skin or with just a pad of gauze oh i hate this one. Oh, i see this all the time and it drives me insane and i'm actually so i read the pony club bandaging manual the other day okay forgive you're me. a nerd they're Exercise wrap is cotton sheeting with vet wrap over it. What? Hmm. How is that an exercise wrap? Who do you? And they use the name brand vet wrap, okay? <laughs> it was vet wrap something else when this book was written? I, I don't fully understand, but. I don't think so. So there should be, if you're using vet wrap because your horse has an injury, that's totally the purpose of it. It's to hold it in place, it sticks to itself, it's tape. Your horse needs a lot of padding because if they're swelling at all, vet wrap will like you stretch it and then if the horse is like continues to swell it will get cut by the vet wrap the vet wrap cuts into the swelling and it can be really painful yeah. and it just properly or improperly put on stable bandage with no padding or little padding same issues with cording uneven pressure no that's true that does bug me or when people put way too little padding for an injury mm-hmm did they have they run into the same issue where they have you know what we said one one slice of gauze yes. on the leg when really you should have like Five. Or you know what? Buy yourself some diapers. Diapers are fantastic underneath vet wrap. I keep diapers on hand in all my vet kits because they are magic. Uh-huh. That's why you have diapers. 
why else would I have diapers? I don't know, man. Just here. Just observing. Yeah, they're, they're there for like uh, abscesses. They're perfect for doing abscesses. <laughs> you can put a little diaper. Oh, that's true. Horse's hoof, D- diaper, wrap it all up. You're good to go. Super easy. I don't have to sit there and struggle with all the different padding and the gauze and the other gauze and then the tape and then just diaper it. All right, next pet peeve. The only other pet peeve I really have that we didn't already talk about um, is which direction do you wrap? That, isn't that a standard? Or is it, you, it bothers you when people wrap the wrong direction? Is that what you're saying? People wrap the wrong direction, and I'm pretty sure I'll have to double check, but I don't think it's an, a standard anymore. The real world really? knows it to be a standard, or most people do. But there are certain circles of thought that think – but it's back to front. Pull the tension across the front of the horse's leg, across the cannon bone. You don't want to pull tension across their tendon because that's when damage their tendons. Yeah, you don't want to pull those things around too much. You really want to just leave them where they are. Yes. Tendons, they're there for a reason. Leave them where they're at. <laughs> Gross. I think that should be a slogan for someone's boots. <laughs> tendons, leave them where they're at. Is that all we needed to cover today? I think that's it. I think, think we got it. I think we're ready. Thank you guys so much for listening to our episode about boots. If you guys have questions, go ahead and head over to our Instagram. It's mudstuds and skullcaps and ask us any questions. You can also email us at mudstuds, mud, mudstuds and skullcaps at gmail.com and we will be willing to answer your questions. You can also tell us uh, discussion topics that you want us to talk about on our podcast. And of course, if you like what you hear, don't forget to recommend us to a friend and to leave a five-star review because those really do help um, us get noticed by others. So do that if you like what you hear, if we don't annoy you too much. Yes, tell your mom about us. Definitely tell your mom. Oh my gosh, she would have loved to listen to us. They love us. Stay safe, stay classy, and stay in the saddle. Bye.